What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. We can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. We look to the future but embrace our past. We study. We analyze. We race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25 Molo here from Grunball. Kingsley turns that far sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures, Traction MXC Covers, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, he's a repeat offender and uh, a total moto nerd. The guy knows what he's talking about, an owner of a few beautiful two-strokes, uh, which all come back from yesteryear. Goes by the name of Matt Weller. Matt, how's it going? Great. How are you, Brad? Hey, not doing too bad whatsoever. It's a beautiful day here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. How are things down south? Hot. 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 Nice beautiful. today. 90s. I think we. I don't know if we were, we were close to that today, but uh, uh, it, it, it was a warm day at work today. But uh, you yourself, for those who don't know, are an integral uh, member of what company? Uh, I might ask. Um, CME Holdings is the parent company. Uh, we've got numerous different uh, companies within one. Uh, Vertex Pistons being one of probably the most popular. Uh, Pivot Works, Hot Cams, Hot Rods, Cylinder Works, and then. We also have um, Fuel Star and Sensor Tech, some of our, our smaller companies that are sold throughout, like um, Parts of Limited and Tucker Rocky and some of the bigger distributors like that. Cool. So what, what's your what's your role there? How do you uh, what what cog are you in that big machine? I am the inventory and production specialist. So I take care of. Inventory control there, as well as um, production for the, the warehouse, for them to build the kits and make sure that the uh, shelves are properly stocked. Fair enough. So, and if you if you see too many KX two fifty two stroke uh, two thousand and five pistons, you're like, oh well, I, I could probably ship a couple of those off to Brad, and uh, he definitely needs a bearing kit, tip to tail. So that would be good as well. I actually did put uh, a full bearing kit, both one twenty five and two fifty, about uh, about a year ago, and I can't uh, can't tell you, man, how uh, impressed I am with the performance of that uh, that kit. Uh, everything fit awesome. Everything uh, just. The bike basically found felt brand new, um, with exception, of course, uh, the the uh, where the uh, the linkage bearing, or I guess the, where the, the the shock links up with the the frame. That that always gets hammered out, and there's literally basically other than adding material to that area, there's nothing you can do that you're kind of getting rid of that kind of situation. But uh, otherwise, an absolutely brand new machine, and uh, you guys are to thank. Well, good to hear. Absolute. So uh, you're you're a guy who's built an, a number of beautiful motorcycles over the uh, over the last few years. A Bradshaw replica, 1992, I believe. Yep. Nearing completion on that. Just waiting on a couple more parts. 
and then we've got a 90, was it a 96 or a 93 McGrath bike? Uh, no, 95 Honda Troy. 95, okay. And uh, most recently, and pretty badass, I might, might add, is a uh, is a Suzuki. And uh, you have to tell us a little bit about that before we dive into Southwick. Um, well, I picked this bike up. It was pretty rough shape. Didn't know what I was going to do with it. Pretty much rolled it into my garden shed and forgot about it. And then one day I decided to roll it out and started just buying parts. Had all the uh, hopes and dreams of putting it back to... You know, a stock appearing motorcycle, make it look, you know, like an original. And I was having a hard time with parts and pieces and ended up uh, just kind of doing like a, a retro mod. Um, you've seen the pictures of it, so it's uh, reminiscent of like a Tim Ferry or Ezra Roth or Damon, uh, Damon Huffman bike from 95. Uh, with some new, new stock flare, you know, I put the black wheels and the yellow hubs on it, did the frame a different color than what stock would have been, and that's kind of the best of both worlds, a little new school, old school. So I'm uh, looking forward to getting getting the knobbies in the dirt on this one. It's been a fun project. No kidding. Absolutely gorgeous machine, and uh, it, it, it needs some dirt on it, that's for sure. But uh, you, you absolutely love this stuff, piecing it all together and bringing out something that not only looks great, but uh, this thing's going to perform as well, right? Uh, that's the, uh, the end result. I sure hope so. I've got a little, a little, secret, uh, little secret under the hood on it, but we'll see. Awesome, man. Well, that's great to hear. Um, let's let's dive straight into Southwick. Let's talk 450s because that's the yeah. premier class. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the the, the races that uh, everyone loves to watch. And uh, let, let's like he, he won both motos, so we have to, to give it up to him uh, and start off with uh, your your current points leader. Nineteen points is the current lead. He was one one on the day, and uh, basically uh, no one had anything for him. Eli Tomac was dominant. Yes, he was. And if you remember back to last year, it was pretty much the same story. So I didn't uh, didn't think anything different of this year. Uh, and everybody knows that uh, the big number four has been been pretty good as of late. But that thumb injury and just being at Southwick, you know, I was putting all my coins on on U.S. Omac. For sure. Now it, it just it seemed like uh, the the smart money was on Tomac, and uh, he he proved it. Uh, great starts, great motos, moved through the pack, and basically uh, exerted his will as far as uh, uh, he seemed to make passes whenever he wanted to. And um, I, I was really impressed with his performance. Is there anything that about his ride that stuck out to you as to why he would be so successful at a sand track, given the fact that uh, although he does live close to New Mexico, uh, I can't imagine he's got a lot of a lot of time on that particular track. Nothing, no, nothing stands out other than just his you know, past performances. Um, he always seems to, to do well there, and I guess you can look at Daytona. It's kind of a sandy track, and you know, does excellent there too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Millville this coming weekend, just to see if he can go one one there as well. 
No kidding, and I will be in attendance, not this weekend, but the weekend after for Millville, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, all these guys will be all systems go, including your second place rider, who's Blake Baggett, who uh, it just seemed like a, a wounded warrior out there, unable to uh, really push his pace, and apparently uh, the way his, his hand was uh, connected to the bars was uh, really aggravating that thumb injury. Uh, he had it wrapped, no shot though, um, and uh, for a painkiller of any kind of any sort, uh, really seemed like uh, a guy who was uh, missing a little bit off his fastball. Would you agree? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely. I mean, he's a he's a warrior. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna let it t- stop him from trying to win this championship. And I think he he proved that with that ride. There's a lot of guys that would have probably sat on the sidelines and watched that race. Oh, for sure. No, he doesn't want to keep him back whatsoever. And in all reality, only lost six points um, in a race that, honestly, even if he was fully healthy, we can't guarantee that he would have been able to steal away a win away from Eli. So it's it's about as good as you could do uh, with or without an injury on that day, um, just, just how well Tomac was riding. Um, rounding out your podium... Dean Wilson, his first 450 podium ever and first podium since 2011 when he, of course, uh, wrapped up his championship in the in the lights class. Um, for a guy who's basically been through the, the roller coaster ride that is injuries and uh, and success within motocross, uh, were you happy to see uh, the kid that goes 6-3 on the day to get the uh, the overall? Um, yeah, I, uh, if you remember back to our intro pod, I picked him as one of the, maybe the dark horses or the sleeper picks. So, you know, yeah. I think those got it. And he's definitely had some hard luck. And I think this year is just showing that he's, he's got what it takes. And, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more of him. No kidding. It was uh, great to see him tying points on the day with Cooper Webb, but of course he gets the better moto score in the uh, in the second moto, takes that third place, and uh, a big congratulation to him as well as uh, as Daniel Castleu, uh, who is his his mechanic, who uh, is uh, like Mohead, his very first podium as a as a mechanic. So uh, those two celebrating that together. Um, I for one, not surprised whatsoever that Cooper Webb was to have a great day at. Uh, Southwick and the fact that um, if you go back to some footage even before Cooper had even turned pro, he was uh, he was part of a few different edits and stuff like that of of, uh, of local guys ripping that track and and showing their stuff on Southwick. So this is a track that he's got quite a bit of time on, even though he's uh, maybe not from exactly that area, but he is an East Coast guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not aware of those videos that you speak of. I definitely have to check them out. I do like I do like Webb and I like watching guys rip it in the sand. For sure, and like it, it's for me as uh, when I see someone riding sand well, uh, it's extra amazing to me because it's not something that I do particularly well, and it's uh, it's full commitment to, uh, to to just sending it out there. Like it, like big jumps are what they are, but going out there onto a sand track and absolutely just bombing through everything and uh, basically just relying on that on that throttle to uh, to just get you through whatever happens to be in front of you that is huge full commitment definitely definitely and uh, we saw what he did last year at Millville so it's uh, probably got a full head of steam coming into next round 
Absolutely. I think so too. And that's a track that, uh, that Cooper does well on. I believe he's won that race in the past. Um, but, uh, the, the funny thing about motocross is that at some point you'll end up going five, five for sixth overall. And that's exactly what Co- uh, Cole Seeley did because, uh, a better moto score. And, uh, I believe one point difference. Yeah, actually, no, they tied in points, but, um, Martin Davalos, his very first top five overall in uh, for the Husky guys. A great day, honestly. Two of them in the top five. But uh, like he edges out Cole Seeley with a better moto performance in the second moto, and uh, a 7-4 does it. Top five for Martin Davalos. Yeah, that was an amazing ride. I uh, typically don't pay a lot of attention to his races, but that was uh, that one stood out for sure. Yeah, this is like this seemed uncharacteristic, especially a track that uh, everyone talks about. Like, I, I, like he's never been known to not be in shape, but uh, that is, like, there's there's been a lot of uh, I wouldn't say negativity, but I, I've never heard anyone talk about how how in shape uh, Martin Davalos is. Is and uh, the fact is is that. Southwick is a track where you really need to be in top physical condition, and he showed it, getting uh, having even a better moto score in his second moto of the day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a it was an impressive ride for sure. And uh, is he starting to is he coming into his himself as a 450 rider? Is that where he belongs going forward in the 450 class? I honestly, I think so. I I know there's more money for for him to be had in the 250 class, and I believe that uh, if like anyone should uh, continue to to race where they can make the best living but as far as his success uh i don't know if it would pay better but i think overall he'd he would have better especially outdoor skills wise he he certainly seems to uh benefit from riding the big 450 yes he does it seems like, like you can hear he a lot more about go, uh, like he yeah, like he he seems to get shuffled back as on a 250 um, outdoors, but a 450 he seems to be a, a consistent top 10 guy, and uh, maybe if he was to ride Supercross uh, on a on a four on a 250 and uh, and 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 outdoors on a 450 that might be something that elongates his career as well. It could be, it definitely could be. But uh, um, I th- I think honestly uh, throughout the rest of the year. Um, Martin Davalos is on a upward trend, and I think that uh, Millville is a track that kind of falls into his strengths a little bit better, as well as uh, some of the other upcoming races like uh, Washougal, although not maybe at the same elevation as Colorado, but uh, also is at some some elevation. So uh, I think that that'll also help his uh, his skills because, of course, uh, where he's from is uh, is 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 also quite uh, high up in elevation. So he should be used to that. What do you make of Christian Craig going 10-7 on the day? Uh, edges out. Frederick Norn by only two points for seventh overall, but uh, pretty uh, pretty quiet performance for a guy who was making some serious noise earlier in the year. Yes, for sure. I was honestly expecting more out of him than that. Um, but you've got a lot of guys that are typically just breaking the top ten, running well inside the top ten this time. So, you know, on a track like that, you've got a number of local guys that can come in and, you know, battle with a, a a national rider any day so you know it could have just been the track i think uh i think coming coming into the next two three rounds we're going to see a lot more of christian craig in the top five uh, just he's getting a better feel for that 450 and overall i think he's he's a 
a better rider on that big bike. I think so. I think that his his smoothness is something that was even highlighted early, early in his career when the uh, Troy Lee Designs guys decided to put him on a 450 outdoors. Uh, he is a bigger guy, not necessarily uh, thick in stature, but he is tall and lanky, and I think that the, the 450 definitely falls into his strengths and uh, look forward to more good things from him. Um, Let's quickly touch on, on Marvin Muskan on the day. Um, a fourth in the first moto, showing that he's uh, he, the knee is obviously pretty good considering he's able to basically stand up on it the entire moto. And uh, I think that that knee injury is, from, for, for the most part, behind him. Unfortunately, a crash that basically left the bike too mangled to complete the second moto derailed his day, 12, 12th on the day, and lost a lot of points. Um, is, is he effectively out of this championship? Um. I would I would have to think so. I mean, losing that many points and you've got the Tomac train going, I would say so. Um, you know, we're only about halfway through the season now, so yeah. a lot can happen. But uh, I I think that was that put the uh, the nail in the coffin, so to speak, for him. Well, it's seven seven points different in the first moto, and then twenty five the second moto. So uh, on the day loses over over thirty points altogether. Um, that's pretty devastating. There would have to be some sort of a c- catastrophe for Marvin to even move back up into the uh, in, into the the points. And uh, what's even more concerning now is that uh, we we at, going into this race we had a bit of a four uh, four horse race going towards the championship with uh, with. Jason Anderson also looking uh, looking strong, but he misses due, due to a shoulder or uh, I believe it was a a back injury from a, from a Thursday crash, and uh, so he loses fifty points on the day. Uh, Marvin losing over thirty. Um, the air kind of got uh, taken out of the series a little bit in this last weekend. Yeah, for a few riders, it definitely did. Sigh of relief. Okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A little bit, le- little bit less, less pressure on Tomac, who ha- heads into the two-week break with a 19-point lead. Um, if you had, if if you had to put some money on it today, moving forward for the last, uh, the last few rounds here of the uh, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals, who's your champion? Oh, that, that's, that's tough. You know, I, I'm, I'm a huge Baggett fan. But the way it's looking, I mean, it's, it's a tough question to answer. But the way it's looking, I think it's going to be the big number three. I think Tomac is, I think he's got the eye on the prize and he knows what he wants and what he's got to do. He's got maybe those early early mistakes out of the way and we're just going to see him hammer down from here on out. Absolutely, and with a 19-point lead, uh, I think that gives him the uh, the breathing room to uh, to not feel the pressure and just just go out there and execute. And unfortunately, uh, it's going to take an extra special performance to derail that, uh, barring some sort of mistake on his part. Now we're going to go to commercial break right quick here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. You podcast show. I wish I, could, I wish I could speak sometimes. Uh, podcast show brought to you by Vertex Pistons. We'll be right back with these messages from. Pivot Works and Bill's Pipes. We'll be right back on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. 
FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like Zipper Lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at flyracing.com. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey 
Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone work is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today. And never settle. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Pivotworks. We're on the line here with Matt Weller, and uh, we're breaking down the 250s now. Matt, you, you mentioned to me that uh, you were able to go through uh, these motors with a fine-tooth comb, and uh, with the rain coming down in the second moto, we really started to see uh, who is worth their salt and who's willing to battle for this championship. Uh, it, it ends up with our, uh, with our points leader grabbing that, uh, that champion, or the, the, the overall, but uh, he had to fight hard for it, especially throughout uh, that first moto getting uh, ba- battling with uh, Alex Martin, battling with uh, Dylan Ferrandez. Yeah, that was uh, that first moto was a nail biter. Uh, I was among I'm, I'm the the Martin train, whether it's Alex or Jeremy, and I, I want I want Alex to squeak out an overall this year. Um, that was that was just a, a battle between those three. 
and Dylan Ferrandis. Man, where did that guy come from? That was that was an impressive ride in the sand. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, I was actually looking at the practice times, and he posted a pretty good practice time, which made me think that uh, maybe this track was uh, conducive to, uh, like, or maybe just kind of played into the, the the hands of a guy who, uh, who obviously this is nothing close to Lomo, Volksenswart, or any of those gnarly, gnarly sand tracks out uh, out out in the GPS. But uh, I think that. Um, just the confidence in knowing that you've tackled those tracks and been successful there uh, gives you a ton of confidence to run into a track that uh, gives a co- gives a few guys um, some nervous moments. And then the fact that he would uh, go in there just just ready to do a job, I think that's what uh, led him to that first moto win. And uh, just despite pressing for it early in the second moto, wasn't able to get it done. But uh, still a great ride. Uh, the one two for second overall. Yeah, definitely a great ride. And I think that first moto ride kind of showed that he's not afraid to get in there and battle. He's not going to stand back and, you know, take no, a, a second or third or even a fourth. He's, he's going to fight for it. And that was great to see. That it was. And uh, the fact that uh, Alex Martin... Um, like, a guy who's had some up-and-down motos over the last couple of weeks, he's 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 just been uh, unable to get that win, but uh, he absolutely rode like a champion 3-3 for third overall on the day and uh, threw his goggles off with about four laps to go in the second moto. And um, these guys, it was the rain was teeming down on them. It was raining super hard. uh, And uh, like guys with, with... with sand all over their front number plates. By the time the moto was done, their mo- their bikes were basically clean because they were getting pressure washed out there. Uh, do you have any uh, experience riding in, in torrential downpours like that? I know I do. Actually, no. I've never, never ridden anything like that. Now, sand is a different story. I love the sand and I love wet sand, but I think that would have been a completely different story. Yeah, absolutely. Like a couple of the races we've had here where uh, it's not a thunderstorm, but it's just coming down uh, cats and dogs. Uh, you run out of tear-offs real quick, and, uh, or if you get water between the tear-offs and, or the, between the, the main tear-off or the, the base tear-off and your lens, you basically, uh, it, before long, you're going to get rid of those goggles. And uh, after that, it's basically uh, fingers crossed that you don't get anything in your eye. And um, it's not something I like to do, but uh, it, it's, it's happened before. And, uh, um, the fact is, Alex Martin and the rest of these guys were absolute heroes out there to go to go ahead and do that. But who should be the real hero in all this is John Knowles, who uh, p- provides goggle service for the Pro Circuit team. That was the only team that actually was equipped with roll-offs for the uh, for the moto, and uh, those guys had some clear vision, which was uh, was helping them out big time. Unfortunately, two of their riders were unable to ride the second moto, but. Uh, Adam Cianciarolo, better 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 motor than his first moto with a couple of crashes. He ends up ninth, but uh, Joey Savacci fought, fights hard for a fifth. Obviously, not where he wants to be, but uh, still a better performance than we've seen lately. Yeah, that uh, that rain. I mean, definitely, it was it was a. I, I don't want to call it a weird moto, but yeah, preparation. I, were they were the other guys not expecting the rain? Did they think they were going to beat the rain? I don't know, but yeah, with the Scott guys having the loss—that definitely was an advantage for them late in that moto. 
I, I couldn't agree more. It, it just seems like uh, um, just a kind of a dropping the ball of a few of uh, the, like the other the other goggle manufacturers for not just having that stuff ready. Of course, um, like if you don't have all of the the canisters, like equipped on the goggles and stuff like that it's, it's tough to get that going uh but but nevertheless i think that uh that was a huge benefit to those guys and one of the reasons why they were both in the top 10 definitely it was and you gotta look at the the points leader he showed all of his tear-offs about halfway through and did he end up keeping his goggles on or did he talk to he did stuff? Which is which is impressive because uh, as, as like of all the goggle brands that are, are known to be uh, highest quality, I don't think there's too many people that uh, really speak to the uh, the high quality and the and the, the versatility of a dragon goggle, but uh, seem to do the job for uh, for Zach Osborne and, and good on him for being able to do that and then finishing it off with a great one legger over the finish line. He was pretty pumped to to win that moto. Yeah, no, he put on a, a great ride. He deserved every bit of it. For sure. Now, uh, RJ Hampshire, top four performance. Uh, he's well inside the top five, finished both motos in the top five. Um, were you surprised to see this from the kid who's taken a lot of time off to uh, basically get his head right, come come back from some injuries, he sustained during Supercross, um, kind of back where we he, he was supposed to be uh, last year and uh, um, almost kind of just pick it up where he left off? Yeah, I didn't expect that. And if I, I wouldn't even have, picked him in my fantasy team. I mean, he wasn't even on my radar at all, but I might take a, another look at him coming into some of these other these other races. He might... I, uh, I, 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 yeah. He might be... I a, agree. No, it... Go ahead. He might be a sleeper pick coming in. Oh, for sure. Unless uh, unless his uh, his handicap is uh, is uh, changed big time. Uh, one of the guys that kind of jumps off the page at me, who seems to have struggled all summer, and we haven't really heard much from him, is the uh, is the Troy Lee Designs KTM of uh, Shane McElrath. Lots of motos outside the top ten. Uh, no no hole shots to speak of. No real fra- flashes of brilliance. Is uh, is Shane kind of hurting that stock that rose so high during uh, during the fall uh, or during the, the winter months? Because uh, winning races obviously is, is good for the uh, is is good for is good for business. But uh, outside the top ten, uh, that's that's kind of shades of uh, Martin Davalos uh, years past in the, in the out there out there in the nationals. Yeah, but I don't know. Looking at we had a stellar Supercross season. But I don't know if possibly you know, he had that big wreck last year that took him out, and then obviously you know his teammate Jesse Nelson being you know injured. I just I don't know if it's something that he just sits back and maybe has thought about too much, and that's you know it's just in the back of his mind. He definitely does not look as aggressive as he has in years past. Yeah, it just seems. Uh... I'm just surprised. I, I I think that a guy who can rise to the level of basically putting the boots to the uh, to the West Coast for uh, which is usually the stronger of the two, uh, which actually this year it almost seemed like it wasn't. Um, he should be within that top five on a regular basis, and uh, we just haven't seen that. So uh, maybe, maybe it's mental. Maybe it's something that he's dealing with. Maybe there's an injury involved. In fact, uh, I mentioned early in the year that he even wasn't able to ride between weeks up until, uh, I believe it was Muddy Creek. So uh, maybe better days ahead for uh, for, for Shane McElrath, and uh, we'll look forward to it. 
Um, Chase Sexton, the guy, uh, we, we waited forever th- for this kid to turn pro, but uh, he's aged like a fine wine as far as amateurs go. Uh, 9-8 on the day, your, your youngest rider inside the top 10, and uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I think he's doing exactly what he needs to be doing at this point. He's consistently getting better week by week. And uh, by the end of the season, you know, he could be a, a podium contender, definitely inside the top five. Fair enough. So I won't, we we won't get too far, too much into uh, the home home field advantage of Millville. But uh, if you if like uh, my last question for you tonight is uh, which Martin brother is going to win Millville because one of them is going to do it. Well, just based off of the other races this year that I've seen, I'm going to go with Alex. Alex needs it, and I think he wants it more, and I I see it happening. Fair enough. No, I, I think uh, I think I don't think you're wrong about that whatsoever. It's it's been uh, an up and down year for Jeremy, and uh, not that motivation has ever been a uh, a hindrance. He just doesn't maybe seem to be have that same chip on his shoulder that he had two years ago. Uh, now he's kind of proved himself and 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 almost kind of focused on the 450 class a little bit more. Um, interesting to see, and uh, I think you're 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 spot on, my friend. The first my prediction. Uh, first moto of first uh, of Millville will be Alex Martin's first win, and I think he takes the overall on that day. Um, I don't know about maybe first moto. I could see the Martins splitting the day, but I could definitely see Alex getting the overall. Fair enough. Well, maybe uh, they go one, two, two, one, and uh, and they just absolutely dominate. That would be something to see as well. Um, before pe- before I let you go, Matt, where can people find you on social media to to ogle all of those beautiful motorcycles that uh, that you that you build and that you also ride, which is good that you ride them. Uh, and also, where can people connect with uh, the various companies that you work on top of uh, on social media as well? Well, um, they all have their own social media page. Um, I guess my personal one. You can find me on Instagram at uh, mweller572 and as well on Twitter, mweller572. Um, again, all of our companies, we've got Pivotworks, Vertex, Cylinderworks, Hot Rods, Hot Cams, and Wrench Rabbit. They all have their respective social media pages, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All right. Well, guys, start. Start uh, interacting with those companies on there. Let them know that you appreciate them. Let, let them know that you're using the product if you are, in fact, using the product. And uh, check them out at the various websites. Be sure to do so. And, uh, Matt, as always, thanks for coming on, big guy. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Um.